Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. One of the things I love about having longtime friends on as guests here on Sound of Truth Weekly Interview is that we get to catch up. And that's what we've been doing on the phone prior to me hitting the record button here. I have been chatting with and catching up with my good longtime friend, Randy Chun. Randy, good to have you on Sound of Truth Weekly Interview. Thank you so much, my dear friend. So good. So good to be here. I'm so excited. Thanks for doing this. Our listeners don't know, but we, we were just sharing a few stories from our school days. We met at Union University probably back around 1990 when I transferred into the school, and then we ended up going to the same seminary. I moved on to Kentucky, Tennessee, and then now Florida for the past 22 years. Randy spent a little time outside of Texas, but pretty much has stayed in Texas ever since. Randy's married sure. to Melissa. Y'all met at Union, didn't you? We did. And they've been... Happily married for a long time. They've got two grown kids, no grandkids yet. No, no grandkids yet, but we are still happily married after all these years. Everything you hear about the guy out funding his coverage, marrying over his head, she's a saint. Everyone who knows me and knows Melissa knows how true those statements are for me, not just jokes anymore. I will heartily amen that. Well, hey, Randy, want to just take this episode and talk with you about your testimony. In fact, we'd love to just hand the mic over to you and say, uh, share with us about your upbringing and about how you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. If you guys will travel back in time for me to the very early 80s, late 70s, my childhood growing up was spectacular. I'm from a uh, family of believers. I'm very thankful for the heritage that I grew up in, the legacy that was passed down to me. And that's the major part of my story is remembering in vacation Bible school, uh, hearing the gospel, seeing the gospel laid out, the story uh, of you know the life and death and burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus, his pursuit of me becoming very clear at a very early age, uh, accepting that, believing that, uh, making that confession public. Um, and then several years later, being introduced, seeing one of those, again, kind of um, late 70s tribulation movies, you know, the rapture has occurred. Clothes are left behind, cars are left behind, and man, it, it, it messed with my mind at a young age. But the beauty of this story is that I had a godly father who knelt with me by my bed to reassure me of my faith, teach me truth. I saw the gospel lived out every day of my life in my mother and my father, who were huge influences in my life. And so uh, that was something that was extremely beneficial for me at that kind of young age, kind of that, you know, age where a lot of people can make those kind of early public professions of faith and not have that grounding of a Bible-believing church, of 
parents who are, you know, saying this is what we believe and also living it out on a daily basis. I remember my dad, you know, studying his Sunday school lesson with his Bible open at the dining room table, writing out, you know, tithe check, my mom, you know, knowing the, the scripture, um, and not just forcing that, you know, down, down uh, my throat or my sibling's throat, but, but truly, you know, expressing we can know the truth, we can live by God's word. And that was, that was huge for me. So big part of my, big part of my story there. So let's, yeah, let's establish a little context for our listeners. I know you from being, uh, I know that you are from Millington, Tennessee. Is that where you were always living as a child? Did you grow up in Millington or did you come to Tennessee from somewhere else? No, we grew, we grew up in Millington and it's so funny later on in my adult life and kind of pastoral career, I would speak to people and just, you know, tell them, you know, when, when everybody asks, you know, where are you from? You know, where did you grow up? That kind of type thing. Well, I would just put out Memphis a lot of times, you know, because people are familiar, very familiar with Memphis. And my thought was people would not be familiar with Millington. But as I was growing up, Millington was the second largest inland naval base in America at that time. And Mm -hmm. so there are people all over the United States (laughs) who, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't know much about Memphis, but. I lived in Millington for a while. I was on I was on the naval base at Millington, Marines and Navy personnel that are all over the world, and especially down in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, I don't, I don't know much about Memphis, but you ever heard of Millington? I'm like, well, that's actually where I'm from. Okay. Did you have siblings? I have three older sisters. Ah. I'm the, I'm the, yeah, I'm the baby boy. I thought my name was Precious until the age of 18. <laughs> oh, that's great. And I, I'm very thankful for my my sisters. They man, they set the bar high. And so you know, when you come in, you have that kind of older brother who may have played uh, athletics, you know, been on the football team or the basketball team. But no, I came in and under three siblings who were like the valedictorian, who were top ten percent of their class, you know, <laughs> set the bar academically. And then I come in. And so all you were precious know. all those years. Did, did has Melissa kind of? schooled you correctly uh, about you maybe are not so precious after all or is she kind of like oh precious Ab- absolutely absolutely that's great so wh- what age were you when you were converted you you mentioned you heard the gospel from an early age you were in a bible believing setting your parents were a great example they taught you the gospel they were consistent believers in front of you what age did you embrace the faith i came to know christ personally at the age of about 10 and then we joined then First Baptist, which was crucial at that time. First Baptist had a fantastic student ministry. And so growing up then at seventh grade, I made that uh, profession public with baptism there at First Baptist Millington and then began to be kind of intensely discipled at that time from seventh grade all the way through high school. So there was a gap there of, what, a couple of years, two or three years between your conversion and your baptism? Yes, yes. Okay. Why was think, that? Just curious, do you recall why you weren't baptized at 10 years old? I, I, think, I think it was a pretty wise um, decision upon my parents, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to come to a true understanding. You know, when you're, when you're young like that, third grade, you know, you don't— 
you don't really come from this life of crime. You don't have this history. I mean, mm-hmm. you know the the you know you know that you have uh, sin in your life, but it's not this you know detrimental you know drug crazed individual. You know what I'm saying? Who's in uh, you know seven or eight at that time? And so I think they were wise in saying we we want to you know make sure that you know that this is a, a commitment. This is you know this is a, a surrender. For you know, for a you know a lifetime that that it's you know denying yourself, taking up your cross, following him daily, and when you're young, you don't you don't know those things, and so I think kind of that mentorship to help me to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and mm-hmm. not just oh yeah, you know, I'm a Christian. I, I was born, I was born here in America. My parents are Christian. I'm Christian. No, 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 no. We're talking about making this uh, your own. Yes, absolutely. My own faith and being modeled, that kind of type thing, instructed, taught, discipled. And then when, you know, I'm at this point of saying, yes, this is something that, that I publicly, you know, want to acknowledge and, and confess and, and grab hold on to rather than having some of those other experiences. You know, at the young age, you know, you get that whole uh, evangelistic, strong push you know early on do you know that you know that you know i'm like you know at a young age i'm like no i don't know anything but as you really grow and have that then you're more, more secure more more founded does that make sense absolutely and and i think there's a lot of wisdom in that This is Brett Morani. This is Sound of Truth weekly interview. I'm talking with my longtime friend, Randy Chun. He's been sharing with us his testimony of coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Randy, you just mentioned that although you were converted at age 10, you weren't baptized until two or three years later when you're in the seventh grade. And we just talked about the wisdom of that. And yet you still went through a crisis of belief when you started seeing a lot of these rapture movies. Am I going to be left behind? Talk a little mm-hmm. bit more about that. How old were you when you were going through that maybe season of doubt? Am I truly saved? Am I really a Christian? Yeah, I was still I was still fairly young at that. Um, we're talking fifth, sixth grade at that time, um, and so that's where I was extremely thankful to you know have understanding, understanding, and you know, and loving parents who you know would reassure me. Uh, my, I, I remember specifically, you know, kind of a late night and my dad kneeling down beside me at my bed to pray over me, to pray with me, you know, to show me, you know, from the whole counsel of God's word, that this is what it means. It, it, yes, this decision that we make to, to follow, this decision that we make to, you know, acknowledge and, and accept and, and believe. But it's truly, you know, it's Jesus' pursuit. It's His grasping hold of us, and He will not. He will not let go. His great love that pursues and captures us, uh-huh. and, and holds us, holds us fast. Sounds like you had uh, amazing parents, and your dad had a lot of wisdom. Are your parents still living? They are. They they are. They live in uh, Columbia, Missouri. Uh, now they they've moved from Tennessee a few years back, and and they are still keeping on, keeping on. That's wonderful. So the the timeline went. Conversion, then some challenges in terms of of doubts, 
but your dad helped you navigate that. And then sometime later you were baptized. Yeah. Did you ever have any doubts after that? Oh, sure. Sure. Absolutely. I think when we uh, encounter our true (laughs) depravity, oftentimes we begin to doubt that this love can, cannot, cannot cover our, you know, our, our proneness. I don't even know if that's a word to wonder, Mm -hmm. Uh, but sure. Yeah. All, all throughout. Um, I was very fortunate, extremely unfortunate to though be in a community uh, of young young believers there in my student in student ministry early on and in the youth group back in the day mm-hmm. and then moving into uh, college in my collegiate years in a community of believers that grounded me in the truth of God's word the whole counsel of God's word and that helps so much when you are exposed to the truth uh, have a desire to be discipled and and move on. I think that that's a great help when, once you experience those kind of bouts with doubt. Very well said, my friend. Well, let's kind of shift from your conversion testimony to getting a little bit of an idea of some of the things that have influenced you in ministry and as you have uh, moved forward. You told me you'd like to share a little bit about your experience in, in the youth ministry. Yeah, that was huge growing up in student ministry that focused on uh, discipleship, uh, evangelism, retreat-type ministry. Those were huge influences on me and and still how I do ministry to this day and big on community. I was with a community of uh, young guys that went all together to school after they graduated from high school to further, you know, their, their, their learning and understanding not just the Bible college, but there at Union University where we met. And then that's where I met my wife as well. Now, Melissa had a different background from you. You kind of had, if, if I could just say this, almost like a leave it to beaver charmed childhood. But what about Melissa? Uh, exact opposite. Exact opposite from me. Yeah, you're exactly right. I grew up godly Christian parents, influence uh, in community, sisters, believers, and Melissa's younger years was not, was the total opposite, exact opposite of that. A lot of divorce and separation, abuse, this kind of type thing. But she was also, at a young age, drawn into a church family of Bible-believing, you know, uh, truly authentic mm-hmm. believers who mm-hmm. uh, led her to know the Lord and influence her greatly. And then we later on then met at Union University. That's wonderful. You served in youth ministry yourself, correct? Yes, for many, many years in uh, Georgia, um, Tennessee, and Texas. Loved student, loved student ministry and thought that was kind of the trajectory. I don't know if that's the right word. That was the career path. I, I so enjoyed it. It had such a huge influence, impact on me and my desire, you know, and I hope again with the with the calling early on in student ministry um, was to to share the, those same kind of experiences and influences with with junior high and high school students as well and then here in recent years you and I have talked we've been on a similar journey in just some I guess you could say reevaluations of the way churches function and we, we both kind of landed in the same place uh, in regard to ecclesiology, that is the doctrine of the church and how a church should be 
functioning. Share a little bit about just you know briefly. We got a few minutes left here to uh, how how that happened in your life and and absolutely yeah. Did student ministry for years and years. Enjoyed it. Loved it. Um, worked with you know uh, a lot of great churches. Uh, had a fantastic experience doing that. And then I had my world turn upside down when I go on a mission trip down to Brazil and thought, you know, here in America, I had learned it all, but had really not seen much of anything in regards to what this family, um, this household of God truly looked like and, and experienced a community and came back. We were doing the hip, trendy, cool thing. We had the band. You know, the guy was able to preach and wear a sweater, you know, and we thought this was it. This was where we had, had reached the pinnacle of, of, uh, of church life, you know, and I, I could not sit in an experience like that anymore. And so began to pursue this idea of home church and what that meant and, and truly living out and sharing life uh, with other believers. Excellent. And then here in most recent years in your life, you have, for lack of a better term, had a curveball thrown at you in life. And rather than go on into that, we're going to save that for next week's episode of Sound of Truth Weekly Interview. So we're just going to tease the audience here and say, tune in next week for the continuation of my conversation with Randy Chun as he's going to share a trial he's been going through and is still walking through to this day. I've been really impressed by how he's handled this trial with grace and with uh, faith. So, Randy, thanks for coming on here and sharing your testimony. We look forward to having you back for another episode. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.